Welcome to the OAESP Principal Podcast. This podcast features elementary principals and assistant principals from the great state of Oklahoma. I am Glenn Absher, the Executive Director of the Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals. Today on the podcast, we have Danielle Patterson. She is the principal of Reed Elementary School in the Holdenville Public School District. And Danielle was also the 2023 Oklahoma Principal of the Year. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Danielle Patterson. Welcome to the OAESP Principal Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have a very special guest. It is Danielle Patterson. She is the principal of Reed Elementary with Holdenville Public Schools. And Danielle is also the 2023 Oklahoma Principal of the Year. So I've I've uh, uh, spent the last year get, getting to know Danielle. And so it is a pleasure to have you on, on the podcast today. Hi, Glenn. It's been a pleasure getting to know you this year as well. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, let's just get started with the very first question, Danielle. Tell us who is Danielle Patterson and then talk a little bit about your path to the to the principalship. Well, I'm from Wewoka. My husband Trent and I have been married for 19 years and between the two of us have four sons. My youngest son is a junior in high school and is in the cattle showing business, which has been a whole new adventure for our family. The other boys all work within the petroleum industry, and we couldn't be more proud. Our first grandbaby, which is the grandson, of course, adding another boy to our family, will be here in February, and we can't wait to meet him. I have a passion for children. I am firm in my beliefs, and I am goal-oriented. I believe that all of these characteristics play a huge role in how I lead my school. As far as my path to the principalship, I've always been in the kid business. Even as a young person, from babysitting, lifeguarding, working after school programs, tutoring, you name it. I graduated from Wewoka High School and went on to East Central University in Ada, where I obtained my education degree. When I enrolled at East Central, I remember my college advisor telling me that my chances of graduating college were very slim since I was a first-generation college student. That statement lit a fire under me, and I knew in that moment that I would prove him wrong. Upon graduation, I accepted a teaching position at Holdenville, and Holdenville has been my home away from home for 22 years. I was a classroom teacher for 10 years, and during that time, decided to pursue my master's in educational leadership because I wanted more. And by more, I mean I wanted to be able to make a bigger difference in the lives of all children, not just those kiddos that were in my classroom. I also wanted more for my community. After graduating with my master's in educational leadership, the elementary principal position in Holdenville opened and I applied, but I was not selected for this position, which was a huge blow to me. Um, Not getting the position at that time was a blessing in disguise because I was able to see a different type of leadership style. Being able to watch other principals lead is the best type of professional development. And you know what? Um, The following year, the principal position opened again and I was hired. I've been the proud principal of Reed Elementary for 12 years and it has been the hardest but most rewarding job. I also, um, I just completed my superintendent certification last May through East Central University and it was a great learning experience. And I can't wait to see where that path leads me as well. All right, very good, Danielle. So tell us what grades did you teach? I taught pre-kindergarten, and I also taught first grade. Those were the main grade levels that I okay. spent time in. All right. Well, very, very good. 
um, I, I, I love the story <clears throat> about how the, the, um, your advisor told you that you probably wouldn't gra graduate and you were yes. a first year or a first, um, a generation college grad. And yes. I was too. And, yes. um, and I actually had a family member that told me I was too dumb to go to college and I mm -hmm. should consider something else. Yes. And, and look at I, you now. And I was bound and determined to prove them wrong. And so yes. I think, I think I've done okay. Yes. You have <laughs> for sure. Yes. So, and you, you obviously have, have done well too. So. Thank you. Yeah. So it's amazing that sometimes those things can really be our drivers. Yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Danielle, tell us a little bit, just kind of throughout your career, who were some mentors that really poured into you? This was a tough question for me because I've had so many great mentors along my educational path that have poured into me. I truly believe that God places special people in your path at certain points to help you navigate through situations and each season of life warrants a different mentor. A former teacher of mine, Marianne Norman, led me on my path to the principalship. I had originally decided that I was going back to school to work on my reading specialist degree. I remember calling Marianne for advice and telling her that I was not sure of what I wanted to do, you know, from here. And she saw leadership characteristics in me and steered me in the direction of educational leadership. Tracy Johnson and Sherry Morgan were two mentor teachers that I had that also shaped the type of educator that I am today. I feel that their guidance, you know, has helped me when I'm making decisions here at school. I sometimes think, what would Tracy do or what would Sherry do? All right. Very, very good. So, Danielle, tell, talk to us a little bit about your school. Tell us uh, uh, the, the grades that you serve there and uh, about how many students do you have there. And then what, what do you love about your school? I am at Reed Elementary in Holdenville. We have around 375 students, grades pre-K through third grade, never a dull moment. I truly believe that that's the best age group to work with. You get the best of both worlds. You get the littles, and then you also get um, the bigger kids. So I love this grade level, love this age of students, you know, for sure. But I believe that Reed Elementary is definitely the best place to be. We are a shining star in our community, and we've also been a great expectations model school for 20 years. The atmosphere at Reed is friendly, comfortable, and inviting. Visitors often comment about the environment that we have established. They say that they feel welcome when they are here. We have a family-type setting, and students are truly receiving the best education. Our administration team and school board are supportive, and they are also involved with our school. Uh, Reed Elementary is a Title I school. We are 100% free and reduced lunch, and sometimes that means that the odds are stacked against us, but we have a dedicated and driven staff that is willing to break through these barriers. All right. Well, very, very good. <clears throat> so I'm going to go off script for just a few minutes and uh, and, and ask you another question. Um, you were nominated for Principal of the Year last year and uh and with that process is a is, is an application packet that requires you to write a lot of essays and uh when i was nominated uh several years ago what it did for me is it allowed me to stop and pause and reflect about why we do the things that we do and yeah. so talk talk to us a little bit about 
what it meant to you to to number one be be nominated and just kind of what your thought process was as you as you went through that process. Oh my goodness. To be nominated and get that phone call uh, was so exciting. It meant so much to me because I do feel that this is a tough job. It's a very rewarding job, but to be recognized for that is it's amazing. Uh, the application process is it's intense and it is a great self-reflection. It was good for me to see. I, th I saw a lot of bright spots, things that I felt like I was doing a good job at. And then I thought, whoa, I need to fine tune this a little bit and maybe work harder in this area. So it helped. All right. Well, very good. And for those that are listening, you know, the process is that they, the app, the uh, nominees fill out this application packet, which is pretty, pretty hefty. And then we have a committee that reviews all those and scores it to, to a rubric. And then we identify our top three uh, point getters, and then they get a site visit. So we, my team got to come and visit your, your, your school. And, uh, and I just loved coming into your school because as soon as we walked in, you could tell what kind of school that it was. It was very welcoming. It was very inviting. I loved having the students that were greeting us as we as we were walking in. So you could tell immediately that it was student focused and student and student centered. And yeah. so um, and then part of that process is that we the, the team interviews you as a principal. We interview a teacher committee and we also interview a parent and community com committee. And so uh, we were just very impressed with with everybody that we talked to there. And so one of the things that um, that we loved about your school, talk to us a little bit about the Walk to Read program that you've got go going on there. Yes, Walk to Read is our intervention program. Uh, we shut down the school every day from 10 o'clock to 10.30 and we do interventions with our students. These interventions are tailored to student needs. So for 30 minutes, it is an uninterrupted time where we focus just on what those students need and how we can best help serve them. So I have a group, I'm doing nonsense word fluency every day. I tell uh, my assistant principal that that is the best part of my day because my students are moving in the right direction and it is so exciting to see those gains. So I feel like Walk to Read has been a game changer for our school. When I first took over as principal, we were not, we were not doing any type of interventions. I'm going to be honest, Glenn. Um, back in the day, we had a bear test. Um, we would give the students the bear test and then uh, we would report those results and those bear tests would go back in a box, never to be seen again, you know, and then next year we would do the same thing, but we were not using that data to guide instruction. So I feel like we have gotten great at that. I feel like our teachers are good at looking in, at data. They're good at meeting with their grade level teams. They're good uh, when we have our monthly data meetings about bringing student concerns and having serious conversations, you know, hey, how can we help this student? This student seems to, you know, maybe have flatlined a little bit. What can we do to boost them? And just those great um, conversations that we have that can really change the path of a student. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was very impressive. And then you also had these clubs, uh, counting club, and uh, help talk, talk to us a little about about yes. those clubs. We have different clubs. You know, my goal I want to know every student when they walk in the building. Uh, when I first took over as principal, I thought, I want to know them. I want to be a part of their life. I want to know how I can help them. So I wanted to start something where I could build those relationships with my students and with my staff. Uh, Pre-K is located in a separate building. 
So I wanted to make sure that I was seeing those students and building those relationships. So we started clubs, you know, color club, we have counting club, we have first and last name club, we have shape club, and this week we started birthday club. So, and we're doing birthday club school-wide, so that's been exciting. You know, we start at third grade and go down. Our students have to tell you their month, date, and year that they were born, and then they get their um, name on a on the wall here at the front of the building. They get a little birthday horn with a certificate, and, and they love it. They're so excited that they can do that. And the same with Counting Club and Color Club. They get different tokens to recognize where they are as far as progress toward Counting Club, Color Club, things like that. So. Yeah, very, very, very good. Yes. So after we visited your school, fast forward, I seem like about two weeks later, mm -hmm. uh, you were surprised when yes. you walked into your, your gym and uh, your family was there, the newspaper yes. was there, your superintendent was there, I was there. Uh, so tell me what was going through your mind when you walked in and saw everybody there with a the big sign that was announcing you as the uh, 2023 Oklahoma Principal of the Year. My goodness, my staff really pulled a good one on me that day, Glenn. I had um, our librarian here in the office with me, and she's also working on her master's in educational leadership. So I was looking at a paper for her. We were having this great conversation and the whole time and I'm, I'm not looking at my camera and all of my students are being transported to the gym. I have no clue what's going on um, because she just has me totally engaged with her on this paper. And then our assistant principal, she knocked on the door. They needed me for a discipline issue. So, you know, you immediately get up and go. And as I opened the door, I thought, what in the world is going on? I, we had some different programs that were happening and you know, during that week. And I thought, do I have my date mixed up? What is going on? And then I started seeing everything, you know, unfold, which was so exciting. I can remember wanting to back up a little bit because I thought this is a lot. What is going on? You know, and then, you know, my assistant principal, she was in a lot of trouble after that, Glenn. I had no idea. But honestly, that moment will forever touch my heart. It was very special. And I love that it was a surprise. It was one of my best days here at the elementary school. Well, and I had to give props to to your sister principal because I could not have pulled that off without Brianna's help. And so, um, and her her and I would talk uh, almost daily, like, okay, tell tell me what the plan is. And so, uh, but anyway, I, I appreciate her, and uh, and I hope that she has for, forgiven me for it. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yes. So, all right. So. Danielle, what is one thing you wish you would have known about the principalship before you stepped in, into that role? Yes. Um, the amount of decisions that a principal makes is exhausting. And in saying that, it's important to be proactive instead of reacting when making decisions. Uh, when I first became a principal, I felt like I needed to make decisions quick, that it would make me seem more organized, more on top of things. But as I grew in, in the field and learned more about the profession, I realized you know, how important it is to take time to think about solutions to problems instead of being quick to react. And then at the same time, it's also important to take care of yourself. For me, that's exercising and reading. I love it. It's a break from doing what I do every day. It's just my time that is sacred to me. And I just think it's important for people to find something, you know, whatever it is, for them that will clear their mind. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that good. Um, 
when I was um, my last few years at, when I was at the building, um, I take over this building. And my 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 goal that the district had set was for me to turn this building around, and we were doing it in a very short short amount of time. And um, and we'd have these night events and things like that. And and staff would t- call me or text me and say, "Hey, something came up with my kids or something with my family." And I'd always say the same thing: "Family first, family yes. first. But what I found later. I wasn't following that same advice. And so what you said there is very important that we need to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of of others. So, so, so Danielle, if you're going to talk to somebody who was wanting to go into the principalship or is just starting off, would you give them the same advice or would you tell them something different? Hmm. I would, I would tell them not to let the hard days win administration, there are so many things that can happen throughout a school day, and it can be easy to focus on the negative, you know, upset parents, discipline issues, you name it. Up until our Zoom call this afternoon, we were in the thick of things. All kinds of things happen throughout the school day. So um, I would just tell them that it's important to take a step back and remember why you were doing this job, because there are so many bright spots that happen, and these bright spots need to always outshine the negative. Yeah, yeah, that that's really, really good. So um, you've been a member of OAESP and COSA for a while. So why are you a member? What's your greatest benefit? And why should others join? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the greatest benefit that I have found in being a member of COSA and OAESP is connecting with other administrators and networking. The professional development opportunities are top-notch. Our assistant principal, uh, Brianna Sanford, that you talked about earlier, she's been attending the new principal training each month, and I'm always so excited to hear about what she has learned um, and what she can come back and share with our team. We, She came back from training last night, and we sat and talked about all of these different behavior strategies that she learned. We, in fact, we tried a few this morning, honestly, so the training is just, you know, top-notch. Um, COSA and OAESP also keep me up on current events and the educational system. I'd also tell new administrators that joining COSA and OAESP is a game changer. I really could not imagine being in in the administrator world, especially with all of the issues that are happening today without this type of support. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, uh, when I was principal, I loved the networking. And uh, the first year I joined and came to the Midwinter Conference. I met friends at that conference that I'm still really, really close friends with now. And a lot of them have moved on. A lot of them are assistant superintendents or superintendents now. And, um, um, but the, the networking is, for me, that, that was, that was huge. Yes. So, Danielle, the purpose of this podcast is to elevate the voices of Oklahoma administrators. So as we wrap up this episode, I'm just going to give this right back to you just for some of your final thoughts. Okay, thank you. Um, My final thoughts, Glenn, education is constantly changing. Reflecting back on what education looked like my first year compared to what it is at year 22 is eye-opening. Always remember your why, stay firm in your beliefs, and keep fighting the good fight because it's worth it. Very well said. Very well said. So Danielle, thank you for being on the podcast. We appreciate you and uh, look forward to to seeing you soon. Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the OAESP Principal Podcast. If you haven't joined or renewed your membership at COSA or OAESP, go to www.cosa.org. That's ccosa.org to join. Join over 3,000 Oklahoma administrators. We are stronger together. A few conferences that are coming up. The OAESP Leadership Conference is February 28th and 29th, 2024 at the MC Suites in downtown Oakland City. Registration is now open. Jessica Cabin will be the opening keynote speaker. And Amber Tiemann will be the closing keynote speaker. The rate is cheaper for those that are members. So if you haven't joined yet, go, go ahead and join so you can get that, that the discounted rate. Also, the Women in School Leadership Conference is March 27th and 28th, 2024 at the Omni Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. Registration will be opening soon. The keynote speaker this year will be Kristen Brown. And then the COSA Summer Leadership Conference is June 12th through 14th, 2024 at the Oklahoma City Convention Center and the Omni Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. John Gordon will be the opening keynote speaker and Dr. Todd Whitaker will close out our conference. Registration will open in January. There's a lot of noise out there in public education right now. Ignore the, ignore the noise, keep doing great things, and do what's best for our kids in our public schools. Have a great day.